Hi, we're Ellen and Lauren. We are sisters, wives, mothers, veterans, and all-around DIYers, living our best lives. Our families each have three kids between 4 and 18 years old. On this podcast, we hope to help you learn do what you can where you are and try not to sweat the rest. If you want to learn more about what we're discussing today, check out our show notes at wifestylehustle.com. You're listening to Wifestyle Hustle. In previous episodes, we have mentioned that we have been foster parents. It's a big commitment, and in this episode, we're going to talk about what our different families have done to prepare for a foster child and why we decided to take it on. Every foster parent gets asked the questions that we're answering today, and if you've ever been curious about becoming a foster parent, this episode is for you. So, what we had to do state-wise to become foster parents. The list is extensive. <laughs> um, in my state, you have to work, you work with the state uh, through a foster care agency. Once you have a foster child, the state also becomes involved because really the state is in charge of the child and the foster care agency is in charge of the foster family. So, and they'll, I mean, obviously they'll both try and help you, but the agency really gave us the most help. They like sent us through a checklist of all the things that we needed to get done and they checked to make sure that we did it all. <laughs> so we didn't even have anything to do with the state until we had our first foster child. We never talked to anyone from the state or had anything to do with them until our first child came to stay with us. Our first and our only so far child. Um, so we had to take 25 hours worth of classes before we got our first child and we had to set up our house in such a way and i know that every single state is different but our house had to have a depending on the age of the kid you have to have a bed that is off the floor and so it can't just be a mattress on the floor you have to have the whole shebang like with the um side rails and you know all that to protect the child and they, depending on the age, you also, sometimes they have to have their own room um, without any of your other kids. So, but thankfully we, we didn't work with children that were older. Um, we only took children that were two and under. So um, the child that we did have, he got to stay with my son in his room. And it was very exciting <laughs> for my son. <laughs> Um, I, I think that's, I mean, the, like I said, the list is long. There is nothing at all personal about your life anymore. After you get done with the process, they check to see how much money you make. They check to see how much money you spend on everything. They want to know how much credit card debt you have. They want to know everything about your background. Um, they do background checks. They, do history of abuse checks. 
for your state and federal. Like I said, there's just no secrets at all. After you get done with a foster care process, you start to feel like, you know, you're a criminal in some kind of investigation. <laughs> but it's 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 time consuming, too. It took us a little while to get through it, but um, it was worth it. How about you? Well, we did ours, and I, I remember from yours that yours your classes were online, and that's oh, that was one nice. of the things that were was different for us. We did ours pre-COVID, uh, so our classes were three months of in-person classes in the evening, a couple of nights a week. So, um, and it, I mean, they were preset classes. My husband had to take off work sometimes so that we could get to the classes, and we did it with probably about 10 other people, uh, some of which were couples and some were individuals. Um, but it, it was, it, you kind of start to feel a camaraderie with the people in your class. You know, you get to know each other a little bit. So that was kind of fun. Uh, we worked with the Department of Social Services in my state. Uh, DSS handles the whole shebang. Uh, they, they deal with both foster parents and foster children and connect them. Really the only time uh, an outside agency gets involved is if they if there's a particularly difficult case or if they get too many cases all at once, they will sometimes call an outside agency. So for us, working with DSS actually connected us with more foster children. Uh, also, we had no, no secrets. <laughs> whatsoever um they did a complete background check uh the hardest part was coming up with all the addresses that places that we've lived for the past 25 years uh we are my husband and i are both as we've mentioned before both former military and we've lived in a ton of obscure dorm rooms that some of which i found out no longer exist they've actually torn down the dorm room where i i live and so uh, it, it was the, the agency that we work with, um, actually is, works with a lot of, uh, military and former military. So they kind of understand that. Uh, so there were a few places, few gaps where I could only put a town and a zip code and they, they were pretty understanding about that. I mean, they understood that, um, Amazon goes back quite a ways, but it doesn't go back as far as that. So, so I couldn't even use Amazon to track down all of my addresses. Yeah, that is so <laughs> convenient. I remember learning that trick to those weirdo addresses that had so many lines because they were in different countries. Yes, <laughs> but it didn't go all the way back to 98 when I left home. And so it, it, it was a challenge. Um, they do home inspections where they have to come in and view every area of your home that both what a child might interact with and also areas of your home that a child would never interact with. But they have to see everything. So there, there are absolutely no secrets in your house. Um, they, we had to get character reference from both present and past acquaintances. Um, so somebody you've known for two years, somebody you've known for five, somebody you've known for 15, and it can't be family. So 
Mm -hmm. Uh, It was, it was a challenge. Passing their rigorous background checks were, was definitely a challenge. Uh, But I get it. You know, they, they really want people who can handle uh, having a, a, a child outside their family in their home. So they are, they're pretty rigorous in, in background checking people. Lauren, how long did all of that take? Well, for us, I think it took way longer than it does for most people because uh, part of the way through the process, we decided to have another child of our own. <laughs> so we waited another few years after she was born. Well, I didn't wait a few years to start the process. <laughs> I I think she was about one when we started working on the process again. So for us, it took probably about four years, three years, three years, about three years altogether um, to complete everything. How about you? Um, For us, it was about a year. Uh, It definitely could have gone faster. um, But we were also living our lives at the same time. We at the time had two kids in the home. And so we, and we homeschool and, do activities and all this other stuff. So it, a lot of it is, you know, sit down paperwork, the part that our side has, you know, the, the uh, potential foster parent has to do. So you just have to find the time to get that stuff done. And it's a packet, probably three quarters of an inch thick and single spaced. And you, just, you have to fill out all of it. Mm-hmm. So we could have done it faster, but the fact is that we, we didn't because we were also living our lives. Yeah. Um, that's pretty, but much... really the longest part was out of our hands. The caseworkers combed through that three quarters of an inch thick packet and, um, you know, checked all our references and everything. So that, that also took some time. It wasn't completely on us, but some of it was. That's pretty much how it was for us too. I just, Life happened in the middle of it, and we put it off for a little mm-hmm. while, and that's why it took so long. But I think if you just, if you stuck straight to it, and, you know, maybe if you didn't already have any other kids, um, I bet someone could get that process done in six to nine months, um, even with, with the waiting uh, for the state. Yep. You're probably right about that. So So, we talked to our own kids about it. Um, I know it was a little bit different discussion for you than it was for us, since at least one of our children didn't even really understand what we were about to do. So (laughs) why don't you tell me what your older kids said? Um, We were pretty upfront with them uh, and told them, you know, what our plans were. They were a little on the fence at first. Uh, they, I mean, they just didn't understand how this would affect their lives. And we understood that. I mean, you, you're basically saying that our lives are going to change, but really none of us know how yet. So, you know, just be ready. And so that, that was a, a little hard for them to understand why we would do such a thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, they live pretty sheltered lives and, and don't really understand life out of a safe and comfortable home um but once once we explained to them 
you know, what our intentions were and really brought them into the decision-making process. They both pretty much got on board with it. Uh, during our initial process, one of the things that the caseworker had to do was take the kids and talk to them without us present. And she, <laughs> it was funny. Uh, she has three kids of her own, so she understands, you know, what it is like to talk to, to kids about this sort of thing. And she came back and she goes, that was interesting. <laughs> it was really all she said. <laughs> I wonder I what they said. I don't know. I never really <laughs> found out what they said. But I mean, she said that they were on board with it. And, you know, I, I guess that part of the reason they need to talk to them is they don't want us to coach them mm -hmm. into, you know, yes, this is what we want to do. Nod, nod, nod. Um, but, and so that's why they take them away and, and talk to them on their own. Um, and so it, she said that they were on board with it. And obviously we had already talked to them and helped them to understand it. So her, her talk with them was pretty surface level, I think. And so she just she said that was interesting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How about you? Well, our kids, I, I don't think that they did talk to them privately because they were younger. Um, they definitely didn't talk to my youngest by herself. And I'm just trying to remember, like, I don't, I don't think that they did talk to them separately from us. Uh, mm -hmm. but they did talk to them and the kids, you know, they were just kind of excited about the whole thing. My son really wanted to have a sibling, you know, a boy. He wanted a boy. Um, he already has two siblings, but apparently he would he would have liked to have one that was the same gender as him because he's mentioned it about 500 times since he was born. <laughs> um, so we talked to him. I like to start up conversations at dinner time because my kids really like to eat. And so they're like kind of tied to the table, at least until the food is gone. So we can, you know, have a back and forth discussion on what we're doing and why. And they went along with it. They're like, okay, well, some kids need homes that they don't have. So they can come and stay in our house. And I, you know, I also explained that some parents um, just are having difficulties that they need to get straightened out in their lives and while they're straightening it out their kids need a safe place to stay so they definitely grasped that concept um pretty well and mm -hmm. we also bought them some books because i knew the hard part wasn't going to be having the kids at our house it was going to be when they left so um there's one book called maybe days uh, that was recommended by a friend and um, that really kind of described what it was like to have a child come and stay at your house and then go back to their own house, you know, after a time. So that I 
think that coupled with our, you know, ability to communicate with them about it made the process a little bit easier. We did, we've only had one foster child and he was with us for quite a long time. You know, um, it wasn't years or anything, but it was, it was some time and he definitely left a mark on our whole family, but nothing negative. It's always, oh yeah, he would have really liked this or, uh, last year at this time he was here and he liked to play with this and it's nice, you know, to think back on that and know that he's safe and happy where he's at. Um, I still have a relationship with his family, so it's, it was not a negative experience, you know, for our house, mm -hmm. my people. <laughs> and keeping, you mentioned this, keeping those relationships with um, bio families, whether it be the bio parent or another family member that takes, uh, take, takes the child um, is just absolutely priceless. Mm -hmm. we've, we, we've had three that left. And um, we've been able to keep a relationship with each of their families. And it, it's, I, I get pictures and just, uh, I, I've been able to do a few video calls with them. I got invited this, uh, earlier this year, we got invited to an adoption party. This little boy had finally been adopted by oh. a, a family member. And, and we haven't seen him in probably 18 months. And just to see him... And you get to just get to experience being around him again and watching him, who was about the same age at the time as my youngest, he's a little bit older, but as my youngest and watch the two of them play together was just, oh, I cried. It was amazing. It, so just keeping those relationships with those, the family members is so awesome. I love it. So Lauren, how old were your kids when you guys became certified? Um, they were eight, six, and three, and so they were when we got our little foster son. Um, and like I said before, they they just adjusted so fast. You know, the thing that they complained the most about was having trouble getting out of the car over him because, uh. <laughs> our van was just really crammed by the time, you know, he came to stay with us uh, and his place was right in front of the door because he was still young and in a five point um, car seat. So that was the only place I could strap him in. So they had to like climb over top of him to get out of the car. That was the <laughs> only complaint I recall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, Mine were 10 and 12 when we became certified and 12 and 14 when we met our youngest. We waited until our kids were older. Sometimes I almost feel like we waited too long because they were kind of out of the, the little kid stage by the time we did uh, finally get certified. We really just kept waiting for the right time, but it's kind of like having kids. Oh, There's yeah. never going to be a good time. So I, we probably should have done it younger when, when our kids were a little bit younger. But had we done that, 
we maybe not wouldn't have ended up with our current youngest. So um, I guess we waited just the right amount of time. But we, we, we wait. Part of the reason we wanted to wait is we wanted our big kids to be an influence rather than be influenced by, um, you know, sometimes these kids are coming from difficult places. And so we wanted our kids really to be in a place where they could just love on uh, a, a, another child and be able to influence them in the way that our family does things. Um, so that, that was the reason we waited. But looking back on it, we definitely could have done it when our kids were younger. So why did we do it? The big question. (laughs) (laughs) I think for us, it was actually just like with so many things, sister, your influence. (laughs) Um, We, we had definitely thought about it before you guys um, started fostering. Um, Probably the first time we thought about it was when we were having trouble having kids. And that is a really good way to um, adopt, you know, through the foster care system. There are so many kids that need a permanent home. So that is, that was our first thought um, when we were having that difficulty. And then, you know, after we had our bio kids, um, and started going to the church that we're at right now, they're just really, really big into foster care. They have a huge support network and, um, we did give some support, you know, in the network, but we wanted to do a little bit more than just that and once we had finished having kids um i i really felt like it was time and i honestly it did take my husband a tad bit longer than me um but he definitely got on board too after a while i mean if you just look at the statistics of how many kids don't have a home i think we should all kind of get on board with it (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, that's pretty much the reason I, I wanted to be there for someone when they needed me. Mm-hmm. For us, it was a calling, a really hard calling. Um, it had, you know, people, uh, in our lives, you know, different friends had fostered through the years and we watched them go through it. And it, it really was a calling on both mine and my husband's lives. We definitely did not set out to adopt. We really wanted to just help bio parents get their kids back. So often, though, the road is too hard for them to navigate. They can't quit what they're doing that made them lose their kids or their own past has made them unable to care for another person. And there has to be people come along and walk beside them and unfortunately pick up the pieces if necessary. And that's where foster parents come in. Every child deserves a home where they are loved and treasured. And it is hard. The uncertainty, the hard stories you have to be a part of, the misery of watching another parent go through the worst pain imaginable but it is also really rewarding. 
we celebrated with parents that did the hard work and got their kids back uh, and cried with the ones that couldn't. Uh, there was, there's just so much need for people who can do both. And now we sit on the other side of adoption, adoption, and I can't believe that we have this little spitfire in our lives for four years now. She completes our family in a way I never knew we needed. Well, guys, this is a really big topic, and we can't answer every question in so short a time. What we really need to know from you, our audience, is what questions about foster care we have not answered for you. If you email us, we can either send you a personal note to answer those questions or do another episode to get your questions answered. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for listening today. This has been the Wifestyle Hustle Podcast. That's W-I-F-E style. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter so that you never miss an episode. Consider liking and reviewing our podcast wherever you listen and share with a friend. It really helps us out. Look for our newest episode every Monday and Wednesday. We'll see you next time.